1: That's right, another week, and the Eagles have clinched a first-round bye as the Eagle Eye in the Sky podcast continues. I'm Fran Duffy, and as always, I think we've got a great show for you here on episode number 124. At the top of this week's show, we've got Chalk Talk, where I chat with Greg Cosell from NFL Films to discuss our thoughts after the Eagles' big win over those New York Giants a lot went right in that game but a lot wasn't so right in this game so Greg and I will talk about both sides of the coin after the victory we will wrap that up with scouting report where this week we will break down a player who's probably the best player on that Oakland roster pass rusher Khalil Mack but before we get into all that let's not waste any more time Greg Cosell and I break down the win over New York and talk about what the Eagles need to do to get a win on Christmas night against Oakland let's get to that chat now in Chalk Talk Let's get down to business. It's time for Chalk Talk. Please be joined once again on Chalk Talk by NFL Film Senior Producer Greg Cosell. Greg, uh, welcome back to the Novacare Complex. Big win for the Eagles on Sunday afternoon up at MetLife Stadium. You and I got a chance to watch the game together live. We watched the tape separately together this morning. <laughs> uh, let's get back together now and put our heads together to just get some thoughts out in terms of what we saw on film. Let's start on the offensive side of the football. Obviously, the big story is Nick Foles and his first start in place of quarterback Carson Wentz. Overall thoughts on what Nick did and what he put on tape on Sunday against New York?
0: I thought he played really well. Yeah, I agree. Uh, I mean, he was very comfortable. He was very composed. He was poised. It was evident he understood the concepts in this offense. Uh, There were really – I don't remember a play where it seemed uh, that he was uncertain as to where really to go with the football. Uh, He he was very calm. I thought he played very well. I think the big thing, and you and I talked about it on
1: the All-22 review uh, on Monday morning, was – making sure that when they got to the red zone, it yeah. was touchdowns. Yep. And that, it proved
0: to be the difference in the game. And that has been so critical for them, and it was really good to see Nick do that. And again, it's funny you say that because you saw the same concepts that they've been running all year. We talked about that with the Zach Ertz touchdown. Yep. Perfect example. They line up a close formation, two tight ends, and they what do they do with their route combination, which was essentially a two-man route combination to that close side, is they isolate Zach Ertz on a safety. It was George Adams. And touchdown. I mean that's the kinds of thing the, it's the kind of thing they've been doing all year when Carson Wentz played quarterback. So the concepts remain the same and they really executed well. I think that
1: I mean it was the first play of the game. The Eagles ran an RPO. We heard that term maybe uh, 98 times during the broadcast on Sunday, but uh, the first play of the game, they come out, they run the RPO to Alshon Jeffrey on the little slant on the outside. Uh, You see him roll out of the pocket on a couple plays. You saw the one play where he scrambled and rolled to his left and hit Trey Burton rolling to the right. I mean, you see some of the athletic throws on tape. We saw the poise, him making throws with defenders right in front of him crashing down. Uh, Some big plays on third down, getting through progressions. I mean, I think you saw a lot of the traits. And, again, we're not, I'm not saying he's Carson Wentz, of course. He's but a professional quarterback. He's, he's doing what needs yeah. to be done to execute the offense. I thought
0: the first touchdown to Alshon Jeffrey was big time because we broke that down on the All-22 review, and the read was to the left. Clearly, yep. that was the trip side, and he was looking for Hollins on the corner out in the back of the end zone, but the Giants took that away with their coverage. The Eagles were probably expecting that Eli Apple would sort of be caught, that it would be a smash concept. It didn't quite work out the way with the coverage. Yep. And then he calmly stayed in the pocket and looked back to Alshon Jeffrey, who was the ex-receiver running an in-breaking route, but the timing was too late for the throw as an in-breaking route. And Jeffrey did a great job, of course, as well on this play of sort of bending back toward the uh, the sideline. Staying in bounds. Staying in bounds, of yeah. course. But you saw Nick never broke down in the pocket. And you know what I really liked about that throw? He moved his lower body. His feet moved with his eyes. Mm. And throws like that, that's absolutely critical. That's why that throw was so accurate, because his feet moved with his eyes.
1: Accuracy does
0: not happen by
1: accident. No. And uh, no. when you see a play like that, he put that high and away, exactly yep. where it needs to be in that part of the end zone.
0: But he did not throw it across his body, yep. which, because he was looking left and his body was going left. And then when he came back right, like I said, his feet moved. And that's so, there's so many quarterbacks. And there's, you can make a throw like that once in a while, and it's a great throw but you can't consistently throw with precise ball placement when your feet don't move with your eyes.
1: I think a lot of people were worried about you know, what kind of chemistry would he have with the receivers. With a play like that, especially on their opening drive, he was perfectly in sync yes. with Alshon on that throw. Yep. I mean, that was an adjustment on the route from Alshon. That wasn't necessarily designed like in the, in the huddle. All right, this is exactly what I'm going to do no matter what. Alshon's going to stick his foot in the ground and break back to the right. But that's exactly what happened mid route. He saw the coverage. He stuck his foot in the ground. He bends back to the right. And Nick put the ball exactly yeah. where it needed to be, hit him in stride for a touchdown. It was, yeah. a, it was a really good example uh, of just him, A, executing the offense, but, B, being in sync with his receivers. Yeah,
0: and the Giants helped by rushing three, so he had time. That's, but you still have to make the throw.
1: Yep, no question. I, I thought the offensive line – for the most part, kept him clean throughout the course of the afternoon. I mean, yeah, I agree. The, the, that defense, you know, look, Olivier, Olivier Vernon is extremely talented. We know what kind of player JPP can be. Uh, the D tackles are probably more run stuffers than they are, you know, pass rushers on the inside. But I thought the offensive line, for the most part, helped keep him upright for most of the afternoon.
0: Yeah, and you and I have discussed this. The only concern, and, and this is a concern clearly going forward, and, and the Eagles know this too, it's not a big surprise. Is Vitai at left tackle? He every week he has three or four bad snaps in pass protection, and this week they didn't hurt the Eagles. Yep. Although I guess uh, once he, he fumbled, he got stuck, And unfortunately, yep. they were able to recover. That could you never know how that could turn out. Sure. So I mean that's just something as the Eagles go forward into the playoffs, they'll decide how they want to handle that depending on the opponent.
1: Yeah, it was uh I, I agree in terms of the you know, you had a couple of those bad snaps. But Vitae did have a few really good snaps as well. Um overall I thought the O line looked good in the run game too. Yeah,
0: well just one final thought on Vitae and then I was, yeah, go for uh, it. You know what's interesting to me? His initial set is very good. And then his feet get stuck. Have you noticed that? He his ben initial. Ben and I talk about that a lot. Ben, Frel, yeah.
1: who works with me and with everything we're yeah. doing here. Yeah. I mean, when he
0: when he initially, you know. S- slides his feet and, you know, and, and kick slides and gets his, you know, his initial set is fine.
1: That's where he can get himself into trouble.
0: But like, then his yep. feet kind of stop. Yep. And that's where he it, he really gets hurt a lot.
1: There was one where his hands got knocked down. And as soon as his hands got knocked down, he worked to reset. Yeah. But he lunged and said his, his feet, feet sp- didn't yeah, come yeah, with yeah, him. Yeah, yeah, yes, yes. Yeah.
0: That's his big problem. And I think that's coachable. And I'm sure that Stout of works course. on it with him all the time. Uh, but it's, you know. That can take time.
1: Yeah, and then you had Chance Warmack in at left guard. for yeah. so Stefan Wisniewski, Overall thoughts on Chance, both run game and pass game. Well,
0: I thought the run game was fun to watch. First of all, I, really I thought I thought that uh, Jason Kelsey had a phenomenal game. He was ridiculous. he looked like a, a a ballerina out there on certain plays, getting up to the second level. And I think my but favorite a really angry ballerina. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> I think my favorite. Two plays, and they were consecutive with a 22-yard run by Ajayi Yuck. followed by the 32-yard screen. Yep. The, the the 22-yard run, it was basically the old Green Bay power sweep with sprint draw action in the backfield, but it ended up just being a power sweep, pin, pull, whatever you want to call it. Right, yep. They got Wormack and Kelsey out there, and boy, did Kelsey look athletic. And that was just one of about seven where- or eight plays where he really looked light on his feet.
1: Is that the one where he got two? Where he got he the ended up getting or two. Or get yes, 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 yes. Yes,
0: he just got two. The second one was almost accidental because yeah. it was Lane Johnson's guy. But he got two, but he got two. But the first one, he just he just literally lifted Shepard off the ground because he he came with such velocity and speed. The
1: the wide receiver screened Alshon Jeffrey, where he released up to the third level. Oh yeah, yeah. Safety down. I mean. The fact that he was able to make that block and didn't leave his feet. No. Like he didn't lose balance. He ran right through. It was like a, a train hitting a bicycle on a train track. Like, I, mean, I mean, just flew through contact. Taking
0: nothing away from Chance Warmack, yeah. but there were times where they both pulled. And Warmack looked like an offensive lineman, (laughs) and Kelsey looked like a tight end. You know, he was moving so well.
1: Just a a ridiculous game, I thought, for Jason Kelsey. I agree. I thought Lane had a really good game uh, overall as well. A couple plays where he got uh, Snacks Harrison on the ground. Right. uh, And Snacks... He's he's a really good yeah, player. Yeah. Uh and, and you know they were able to get him on the ground a couple of times. I thought Lane uh, overall had a really strong day. Brandon Brooks had a couple of really nice blocks. And overall, I thought the offensive line had a good afternoon. And I think
0: that the Eagles did a really nice job with their play calling because they got the ball on the perimeter a lot and I think when you're playing against Tomlinson and Harrison yeah. who are really good. Tomlinson's a really good player. Another one of those Alabama defensive tackles that just seem to, to permeate in the league now and they're good players Yep. but you know Harrison and Tomlinson are inside players and I thought the Eagles did a good job with their play calling forcing that defense to have to play horizontally yeah play sideline to sideline so I, I really enjoyed watching the offensive tape
1: yeah, especially once they lost B.J. Goodson they lost more of that range at the second yeah, level yeah. too uh, at the linebacker level not the same sideline to sideline ability right uh, to defend some of those screens and those perimeter runs uh, on the outside, you saw Nelson uh, make some big catches in this game. The touchdown catch was outstanding where he went up and over the corner. Uh, Pretty cool play,
0: too, by the way. Really cool play. Because, you know, w- we didn't do that on the All-22 review, but when I saw the tape, it was really interesting because they made it look like, you know, that he was going to be the picker yeah, right. for, for Torrey Smith sure. running the inbreaker, and that got the corner Morris his back turned yep. and they always teach quarterbacks. If the corner's back is turned, he doesn't know where the ball is. Yep. If you see numbers, pull the trigger. Exactly.
1: Uh, and w- w- I mean, in, in essence, it was the same idea, same concept, same philosophy as the Trey Burton touchdown, which we did break down. Right. You had the slant route from right. number one. You had the fade from number two. Uh, and, and this time it's not that the corners bit on the slant, right. but since, like you said, since they thought it looked like a kind of a rub element, you got that Jersey turned right. around. And it was right. A great pitch and catch. Um, you know,
0: Aguilar has more uh, yards from the slot than any receiver in football.
1: Yeah, I believe it. Yeah. I, I've seen one of the, the uh, NFL matchup There Trude you go. Has, has been putting that out there. Yeah. Uh, his comeback, I mean, I, I think I said to you yesterday, like, is he even eligible for comeback player of the year? Like, he didn't miss any. Probably not, because but, he
0: did catch 44, 45 balls right. last year. It's not as if he didn't play.
1: Sure, but just a, a ridiculous yeah. bounce-back performance. And I, you know him. what I was
0: really happy to see, and I said it to you watching the game, when he did have that drop, which was obviously yep. reminiscent of last season. They went back to him on the very next play, which third was down. a third down play. And he made a tough catch. And I was really happy to see that.
1: And then he had the big catch late in that drive on the three level stretch. Which yes. We did break which down. we did break down. Uh, right along the sidelines. Stayed in bounds. kept the clock running. Helped set up the, the field goal. That would be their final score of the day. Uh, over Zach Ertz made his return, yeah. still involved in the offense. I thought he had a decent job uh, in the run game as well. Had a couple plays where he blocked. He Olivier actually on that
0: twenty-two yard run that I spoke about, that yeah. pin pull sweep, he actually had the toughest block because he had to block one on one for a long time a tight a D end Olivier Vernon, yeah. and he actually made a phenomenal block. Because if he doesn't make that block, what happens is is War and Kelsey can't get around the corner because if he gets pushed back, they get stuck. So actually, Ertz made a critical block there, and that's a tough one-on-one block. Yeah, it's to me, when
1: you have players that are like that, and you see Zach Ertz obviously uh, is really come along as a blocker, one, it it allows the Eagles to be versatile because, yeah, you could say, oh, these tight ends are versatile because they're pass catchers, but if you don't really show that you can be an impact player as a blocker, then teams are going to treat you like a big receiver. And the Correct. fact that th- those guys show that not only are they yeah. willing, but they can be effective as blockers, that really helps the Eagles in terms of expanding their playbook.
0: And that was you know, even tougher, too, not because it was one-on-one, but because Vernon was lined up just a little bit outside of him, too. Yeah. And he had to really kind of pin him inside. Yep. No, I was, I was really impressed to see that.
1: Run game. Uh, you Talk about, about the running backs. Legarrette Blunt only a few carries in this game. We but saw Jay, a little wham. Yeah, a little we saw, wham. We saw a couple of those. Yeah. Uh, Jay Ziai, uh had Boy, his he, his he, second straight week where he set the set his high for snaps and, and carries. Uh, overall thoughts on, on his game?
0: I like. his I've always liked his game, but just in terms of this yeah. week against oh. New York. Yeah. Yeah, I thought he played well. He runs hard. He's a classic case of a guy that when you know it looks like he's getting four, he gets seven. Yep. And yeah. yeah. You know, obviously that 22-yarder, he wasn't touched until basically he got 22 yards. But a lot of those tough inside runs, he's a sustainer. There's a sustaining element to his game, which theoretically becomes even more important now because you're going to lose the, the a lot of the second reaction improvisational plays that, that Carson Wentz made. So now those... Those run sustaining kind of plays where you get six instead of three, they become really, really important.
1: Start to see some more Kenyon Barner as well yeah. in the, in the Early, mix there. Um, on the first possession. When they go yeah. tempo, too, when, you, when there were a few snaps there where they went 12 personnel, they go empty, they're going yeah. to put him out yeah. of the slot and they move motion him out wide. He's kind of their pass catcher at that position, the guy that they move around the it's formation. Kind of play Smallwood, who right. well,
0: is not active.
1: Right. No, not active at no. the moment. No. no. Um, defensively. I know a lot of people want to talk about defense. So we'll we'll get to that now. Wasn't all bad, but there were certainly bad moments, especially early in this game that we've got to talk about and the the one issue that comes up tackling at the second and third level yeah. hasn't been great. Um and that there were on a couple Cloud had some week. bad snaps. He though. had a couple bad snaps. Had yeah. a few he had a few really good Good snaps ones there, too. So oh that, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. had a couple bad snaps. Um the issue to me was that you have you're going into a game where you're playing the side. It's not that New York did anything different than what no. we've seen from them in the last four years. So the, the fact that they came out and it was all right, slant flat. Are right, they get you with a slugo? Are right, they going double slant? They st- they hit a couple meshes. Like those were some of those plays that they've been running over the course of the you know the of career there, uh, and they were able to hit for big plays.
0: Yeah, the thing that the Giants have done really well in the two games is the nature of their pass game with the quick game stuff. Um, it it really minimizes the pass rush, and this is a, a, a pass defense that starts with their pass rush. No question. And in the first half, the Eagles lined up in that five-across front a number of times with Cox as the zero technique, and it didn't work because the ball was out. And then in the second half, they pretty much got rid of that. And then their their other pass rush front – is two wide nines and two three techniques, yep. and that's the one they pretty much stayed with, but they just couldn't get there. Yep. And they couldn't get there because of the nature of the Giants passing game. And, hey, you have to give the Giants all-line credit. They actually did a pretty good job on the times where, where Eli did take a deeper drop.
1: Yeah, and that's the thing, too. When you have a, an offense that is quick game, quick game, yeah. quick game, as a pass rusher, it can be pretty frustrating because you're going all out for a second and a half, and the ball comes the out, out, and you got to go chase the football, which is fine. That's part of the job. But – now when you have that random five-step drop, that random seven-step drop, you may not be going all out right, because you've right, just played like right, three, you know, right. ten three steps in a row. So it's it's tough as a defensive lineman to play that kind of It scheme. became a
0: coverage game because they couldn't get to the quarterback. They played high percentage cover three, high percentage single high, which is their foundation anyway. Yep, And, uh, you know, it, they had some struggles here and there. As you said, they got caught on sluggo a number of times look the mesh touchdown to uh to sterling shepherd we can complain all we want it wasn't called so it's not offensive pass interference then you got to tackle him yep and they didn't same yeah. thing on the on the T- travaris king long touchdown yep. you know it, it it's just it was mirrored Which was a
1: great release by oh, uh, by King. N-
0: and not just the initial release, the but second. Part but of the it. second part was unbelievable, outstanding. Out- that, that that's the way they teach it. That was executed as as good as it gets.
1: Yeah, I and mean, that was that was a big time play. You get the sluggo. Like I, that's the thing. Like, you know, the, it wasn't it wasn't necessarily the big plays that bothered me the most. It was the mm-hmm. it's third and five. Here comes slam flat. Yeah. They get you. And, yeah. they keep the, and the penalties. The penalties yeah. were killers, yeah. too, where you know sometimes they happen on first down. they got to get that cleaned
0: down. up. The penalties have, have started to add up the last number of weeks. So yeah, the last, get that going back up. to Seattle. Yeah.
1: No question. Um, you know, I think that, that, to me, is there anything else when you watch the secondary that you're like, yeah, man, like, I'm surprised this didn't happen sooner or that they, they could have done this a little bit better to better defend what the Giants were doing, especially early in that game? I thought you saw a little bit more press coverage late uh, you know, when you get into that second well, It's funny, half. I was going
0: to mention that. And, and that's a philosophy thing with your coordinator, Jim Schwartz, and his b- whether he believes his players can play it, you know, consistently. But
1: Tavaris, the Tavares-King touchdown was against press. It was against press.
0: Yeah. It was against press. Against press. That's yeah. the thing.
1: Against press. If you get beat at
0: press, Darby you get beat. Darby was known as a press corner.
1: Right. In Florida State, uh, sure.
0: No question. And even his first year in Buffalo when he played for uh, for uh, Rex Ryan. Rex, yep. He did a lot of press.
1: Yeah. Uh, that's the thing when you go when you go to press, if you get beat off the line, you're in a you're in a bad spot. So that's the good thing about uh, off coverage is you're you're going to be in position where if the ball's caught. Now you just got to tackle the catch. But the reality the is,
0: and you can you can break it down any way you want. and We want to be realistic too. Yep. There's no way that quick slant should become 57 yard touchdowns. That's, you to and it. there's yep. no way mesh throws should become 60 whatever yard touchdowns. Yep. That can't happen. It's okay if they're complete. That happens. Yep. They can't become long touchdowns.
1: That's the, that's, that's the
0: killer. No that's, that's the reality. Yep. Jim Schwartz has probably said that not, not as nicely as I just did.
1: <laughs> Something tells me probably yeah. <laughs> not. Uh, anything else on, from the defensive side? I mean, uh, like I said, the, the D-line, it was kind of tough to evaluate in this game just because of, right. uh, of what we saw. Special teams, obviously, it made some great plays in this game. Um, but defensively, uh, you know, Nigel Bradham almost made another great play in, in coverage, had, had one thrown right to him. Um, that he, I'm sure he would like to have back. Uh, overall, though, I mean, it was just one of those games that you look at it and. I'll they never break, got I'm never going to break it down tomorrow, and you guys will see. Like they some, never some got a thoughts, rhythm defensively. No, part. I mean
0: they made some plays. Yep. I, we're not saying they didn't do it, but yep. they never got into a rhythm where you felt like the defense was in control.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's uh, going up against now. You go up against this Oakland Raiders offense. Totally different offense. Completely different, and yeah. I think it's one where you can kind of get back into that.
0: Room. I I agree, and I and I'm very anxious. To see that, to see the game next Monday night, Christmas night, uh, because the Raiders are a deeper drop team. Yep. Uh, their O line,
1: uh, Donald, Donald Penn's out. Yeah, he's out. Yep. Yeah, uh,
0: it hasn't played as well as people. People thought they were the second best O line in football going into the season behind right. the Cowboys.
1: The Eagles O line is, is I mean, well I mean especially with Jason Peters in there is definitely better than that line to me. Watching after watching the movie. Yeah, of yeah. So. I mean, given the way the from Raiders played, played, right, the way right, they played, right, this year, right,
0: right, right, right. I would agree with that. Yeah. Um, so this is an offensive line and a pass game where I think they have a real chance to get uh, you know their mojo back, as it were, as far as rushing the quarterback.
1: So tell us about the Raiders. What is it that makes this offense so different from what we saw last week against New York?
0: Well, there's deeper drops, first of all. They attack down the field much more so vertically. Uh, We know what the Giants do. Everything is quick game and short. Look, every team has quick game, so we're not suggesting that there's no quick game with the Raiders. Sure, But they do attack further down the field. There's more isolation routes on the outside where they ask their receivers to win. I'm guessing Amari Cooper will be back this week.
1: Yeah, he's got that ankle that he came back early from then hurt it Right. last week against Kansas City left that game but they said he was week. close to being ready this yeah. week
0: and he does get an extra day right. so my guess is he'll be back he's very talented but has not had a big year a lot of drops this year too a lot too. of drops um you know but like i said there's a lot of individual isolation routes where they ask their receivers to win one on one um just a you know a personal belief of mine is I kind of feel like Derek Carr is more like Jared Goff in the sense that he needs a well-schemed system to present define reads and throws as opposed to asking him to play like an Aaron Rodgers where it's individual routes and he drops back and you can become enamored with his arm. And it's a different
1: scheme than what he had last year.
0: It's different, yes. Yeah. I'm sure there are some parts that are the same because the coordinator was the quarterback coach, but I think he's put his, his... Imprint on it, so to speak, and I think it's different. And I, I'm not sure if Derek Carr is comfortable. Yeah, I, I'm just watching the tape. You know, yeah. I don't know that. I don't know what's in his mind, but I'm not sure if he's as comfortable.
1: When you say that it's more based on isolation routes, you know, for for listeners at home, what does that mean compared to say okay. something that's concept based? Right. Uh, from a instead
0: record. of route concepts where there's two and three receivers. That work in unison to attack usually you're attacking zone with it it's like a three level stretch like a three level stretch correct instead of those kinds of things um, or a post wheel or you know things of that nature where you're using two or three receivers to attack and break down zone there's a lot of individual routes where you're asking the receiver to win because don't forget even a zone concept when you're outside the numbers you're basically the corner is basically playing man to man right so they're asking their receivers to win and theoretically amari cooper's that guy and i think that michael
1: crabtree
0: is theoretically he can do around that around. too yep. in a different way exactly but they've had very erratic success it, yeah. it's been week to week and it's it's not a given that that it happens and they do some
1: different things with cordaro patterson yes. in terms of you know a lot of the gadgety stuff right, they'll right. Do the screen game with him they'll put him in the backfield. Uh, so you have to be wary of that. Jared Cook down the seam could be a vertical threat. Yes, yes. Uh, Eagles fans are familiar with him. He spent a lot of time uh, in the NFC. Over- See, I'm
0: wondering if Jared Cook was a guy that made them rethink and do a lot more of this because he's the kind of guy that you could line up, let's say, as ex-ISO on right. the backside of trips and think he's going to win one-on-one, and he can. But sometimes I think you can become enamored with that. And, again, I'm just giving you my personal view of their offense. Maybe if their coordinator was here, he'd say I'm wrong. But that's – this offense has not developed any kind of rhythm in the passing game this year.
1: So, again, to reiterate, that is the difference with facing this offense compared to the one we saw. With the New York Giants, is that instead of the ball coming out of Eli Manning's hands, quick, quick, quick. It was very rhythmic. Yeah, this one it's more it's five, seven-step drive. Right, not necessarily always off play action. Either. No, no, uh, no. And so the, you kind of know, like, all right, you're going to have some time to be able to get after the quarterback. Right. Uh, so that will be something to watch in this game. When you look at the run game, Marshawn Lynch, uh, Jalen Richard, kind of their change of pace guy, DeAndre Russian, Washington, second-year yeah, player. Yeah, guy I've always liked. Yeah, I, I agree. <laughs> out of Texas Tech. Um, When you look at their run game schematically, what does it look like? Philosophically, what are your overall thoughts on what they're looking like? I mean, I think
0: Marshawn Lynch still runs really well. Yeah. You know, I mean, I think that they run. It's pretty multiple. You know, he's he's always been a good gap scheme runner. He's a good power runner. Um, You know, I I thought earlier in the year that they should have been giving him the ball more. You know that again, just. A point of view of mine. I think they've been doing that a little more, and they've been trying to generate a little more of a balanced approach, which I think they need to do. Uh, Now, maybe they won't score as many points that way, but I think again, and we'll get to their defense in a minute, but again, what that allows you to do, ideally, is control a little pace and tempo of the game. Your defense plays fewer snaps, and their defense has had problems all year, and I, I guess... One of the things that stands out to me is I I often feel like there's no – that there's a disconnect between their run game and their pass game. Hmm. Like I feel like that when they run the ball well, they don't work off the run game, that they almost have a separate pass game. Interesting. You know, and that's my sense watching the tape. I don't feel like there's a really strong connection. Like when we talk about a Kyle Shanahan offense or a Sean McVay offense. Right. There's There's a connection. You can clearly see the principles at work. I struggle to feel that way when I watch the Raiders' offense.
1: You know, what's interesting to that point, too, is that, you know, obviously we talked about their pass game. Right. It's a shotgun, you know, drop back, deep deep vertical drops. When you look at their run game, it's a shotgun run game. Right. For the the most part. And a lot of people think personnel-wise, they're built for under center, power
0: football, heavy packages. That's a valid – I mean, again, you know. So that could be – Now it's a a philosophy thing. And for coaches, it's not a right or wrong. uh, But – Theoretically, you have a back in Lynch. I mean, obviously in Seattle he ran both under center and out of shotgun, but he, to me, is an eye back. Yep. I think he's a classic eye back. Yeah, and you
1: sit, go back to years past with that team and that with similar personnel, right? heavy packages, yes. multiple tight ends, and multiple backs, and I extra mean, O-line. Last year like that, they right? lined
0: up with 6-0 uh, linemen, I think, more than any team in the league.
1: Yeah, well, you're not really seeing that. No, now.
0: no. Yeah, so it's, so they it's, made it. They made a, a philosophical change, yep. and it's easy to rip the coordinator. You know, we, we know that's always easy to do. I'm just, I'm not doing that because I, you know, I'm not there. Right. But I'm just. This is what I see on tape.
1: Defensively, they've had, uh, they've got talent without question. They've got talent, yeah. especially in that front seven. Yeah, uh, but they're they're struggling in terms of numbers. You know, the statistics are not pairing out well for that. No,
0: no, the statistics don't match the talent, no. particularly in the pass game. I think their passer rating against is among the worst in the league, and they've been struggling all year to defend the pass, although they've gotten a little better in recent weeks. Okay, yep. um, You know, you and I have talked about that that front group. It can be dominant at times. We've got names that we like, we both liked. I mean, Khalil Mack is a he's, big-time player.
1: Who I'm going to talk about later in the show, and he's turned into a much better player. Like, I, th- I thought he was going to be a good player. He's turned into well, I like I a great I loved him coming out. I thought he was him, the I best remember. defensive prospect, he and he did, was in the Clowney. Yes. Class and yes. I thought Mac was the better prospect. Yeah, I liked Clowney more. You liked Mac more. Yeah. Uh, Mac has turned into a great player. Yeah. Um But even going across, I mean that that defensive line, I. I was a big fan of Jihad Ward. You've got Justin Ellis at nose tackle, who's a load and who can make plays on the other side of the line of scrimmage. Jihad, uh, I mentioned Jihad Ward. Uh, Eddie Vanderdoes has been in the lineup, Trayvon Hester. Rookie, uh, from, rookie Toledo, from Toledo, who
0: I liked a lot coming out. Guy flashing yeah, every week. he, he sure he had, does. He had, some, he had some good moments yeah, this past yeah. week against Dallas.
1: That's a good group. Bruce yeah. Irvin off the edge. I mean, he's athletic. Yeah. I, he's got his flaws, but athletic kid. James Kowser was super productive. I think one of the most Ooh. productive pass rushers ever at the FCS level from Southern Utah. Uh, it's a good group overall in that front seven.
0: No, it really is. And and uh, Navarro Bowman's given them solid yeah. play. I don't think he's what he was three, four years ago, but he's given them solid play. They struggled a bit next to him. Uh, Lee, the rookie from Wade Forest, was yep. back this week. He plays in the base. And then they played this Nicholas Morrow, number I have No 50, idea who that kid is. Who uh, uh, has actually, he's really athletic. I mean he's only about he two hundred and twenty pounds' really yeah he's Talent. only about two hundred twenty pounds. He almost looks like a safety playing linebacker, which yeah. is why he only plays in the sub package
1: it's a it's a really talented group, and what they schematically you know it's uh it's built like the Seattle front in terms of they go they go weak side strong side, but it's a very aggressive group, lots of blitzes, lots yeah. of stunts, lots of twists, stunts, lots of yeah. movement, and they move their guys around pre snap as well so you know, you might have a snap where it's Bruce Irvin and Cleo Mack on the same side and they're running games yep. off each other. You might have uh, snaps where the two passers are inside and you have the D tackles outside and they're running stunts off each other. It's. It's a tough group to prepare for. It's a classroom week, honestly, for this yes. Eagles offense. And line. if you're
0: not careful, that front can blow up your offense in critical situations. No question.
1: Uh, that's going to be, to me, that that's the biggest test for the Eagles offense this week is preparing for that rush. That's final. a great,
0: because it could become one of those games where all of a sudden we're in the third quarter looking at one another and the score is 17 yeah. 13. And then we're nervous about the outcome of the game. Yep. No, they, that group has that ability to derail your offense.
1: And I go back to that Seattle game a few weeks ago because Seattle, they. They hurt the Eagles with, with some of those stunts and some Absolutely. of those twists in that game. And that's, yeah. what's, that's what Oakland does well. Yeah. That's, to me, that's the matchup in this game. That's the, that's the, the game within the game yep. to watch for. I, I, I
0: couldn't agree more.
1: What's going on in their secondary now?
0: They've struggled. And, yeah. and I, thought, I think people thought they'd be better.
1: A lot of young players, yeah, who've gotten hurt. M- Melifano's out. Karen yeah. Conley's on IR.
0: And say what you want about Emerson; he was a starter. He's yep. he's out. Yep. Um. So what they've basically done is they start Smith and Carry in their base.
1: We like. Bo- we both like TJ Carry. I Went did. In Ohio I did. Years ago.
0: Yep. Did big kid. Then he moves inside in their nickel, right? And they bring in McDonald then to play uh, corner with Smith, who struggled. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, you know, I think the player. Who's probably not given them exactly what they hope, given that he was a first-round pick as Carl Joseph, Joseph. Yeah, I mean, you know, again, he's he's not an impact player at this point. And I think when he was drafted, because of his his explosive nature, which was very evident in college, he was uh, a
1: top twenty-five pick, right? Top twenty pick in that range. The
0: top fifteen, maybe. I, I yeah. maybe
1: you got to hope for more from that. Yep. But the I mean, question. he's not
0: an impact player at this point.
1: Yeah. Especially when you look at what like Landon Collins is doing for the right, Giants, right, other guys right, were taking right. kind of that, that area. Um yeah, they they've certainly struggled, but like I said, that, that front that front can get after you. So it that sure that, can. That's gonna be the big test for the Eagles this week. Well, uh Greg, Christmas night we will be together. We'll be spending the holidays together for uh the third straight Did you get my year. gift yet? Yeah yeah, it's a, it's uh, someone's rapping it in the background. Right? <laughs> uh, we've got Thanksgiving in the last two years. we've got Christmas this year. So uh, we will see you here Monday night to catch this game. looking forward to watching it here. Thanks for joining us once again on the Eagle Line the Sky Podcast. Great stuff from Greg, and you can follow him on Twitter just like I do, at Greg Cosell, and while you're at it, I'm at FDuffy3. That's where I post all of the podcasts I'm a part of and all of our X's nose content that we produce at PhiladelphiaEagles.com, and you know I really appreciate everybody that promotes this podcast on social media. That is one way to support the show, but the other is to go into Apple Podcasts or Stitcher and give us a rating or even leave us a comment. I wanted to give a shout-out to a friend of the show, Shaz89, who went on iTunes and rated the show and left a comment saying how much she enjoys listening to the podcast each week. So thanks to Shaz89 and all of you out there for your continued support of this show and all the rest of our podcast offerings on PhiladelphiaEagles.com. All right, let's keep the show going. I told you earlier we would break down Khalil Mack, the pass rusher from the Raiders, the subject this week in our scouting report. Dim those lights. We're headed to the film room for the scouting report. All right, so Khalil Mack coming out in 2014, 6'2 and 5'8, 251 pounds. Pretty good size for the position. Ridiculously productive at Buffalo. Had huge games against top competition each year. Four-year starter who I actually began watching when he was just a true freshman. I was still a temple on the football staff there when he first got to Buffalo and started destroying opposing offenses. I want to say he was a first-team all-max selection as a true freshman. So, was a longtime playmaker for the Bulls. Lined up as a, as a rush linebacker, Sam, Sam linebacker, in their 3-4 scheme. At times, did put his hand down in the dirt in a three-point stance or even as a stacked linebacker nickel. So he's used in a lot of different ways. Really natural athlete. He was flexible. He had a good burst, really sudden, explosive kid that could play sideline to sideline. He closed very well when he wanted to. Very good straight line speed. As a pass rusher, he won with quickness. He could go speed to power, something he did develop, especially as a senior. Showed the ability to win with good hand placement, and really strong heavy hands, strong punch, dropped in zone coverage, was very physical in coverage as well. So was asked to do a lot in that defense, and he did everything pretty well one of my my concern was i thought he was a little bit of a flash guy he let you know inconsistent technique and effort i thought he got by with that, his athleticism more than i would have liked to see for a college prospect i thought his motor was just okay especially as a junior got better as a senior in 2013 and one of the things as a pass rusher Early in his career, I thought he was just a pure speed guy, and he had had the ability to win with that swim move, and then he developed that speed to power, that bull rush more as a senior, more power in his final season. Still, I thought he struggled shedding at the point of attack with his hands, and he was a little bit of an inconsistent tackler, lost track of the football at times. So th- again, I thought he was a little bit of a flash guy. I was, I really, really liked his potential, but I was just a little bit worried. He was suspended once for violation of team rules. I was a little bit concerned about if he would reach that ceiling. Oh, I I was wrong. I wrote down he's an explosive pass rusher that can attack an offensive lineman in multiple ways and win and also play in space. Effort, consistency, an issue in my mind, especially going back to 2012. Like I said, he has reached that ceiling. He is one of the best pass rushers in the NFL. Uh, It seems like on a weekly basis I'm looking at that kid making a highlight and just shaking my head thinking about the player he was at Buffalo. He is an outstanding player uh, in today's NFL. Like I said earlier, probably the best player on that Oakland Raiders roster. So certainly a player the Eagles are going to have to account for on Monday Night Football. All right, great stuff from Greg Cosell and all of you out there listening, whether you're on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, TuneIn, Spotify, Google Play, and, of course, on PhiladelphiaEagles.com and the Eagles mobile app. Thank you. And again, one last time, please. Take a few seconds, go rate the show, leave us a comment. Do not be afraid to leave a question on there as well because I would love the ability to answer it here on the podcast. All that being said, I think that'll do it. Another show in the books here on the Eagle Eye in the Sky podcast. For everybody here at the Novacare Complex, I'm Fran Duffy. We will talk to you next week.